0: Good morning, Burrow. That's right. It's 9 a.m. here at 88.9 WFSC Fighting Scots Radio. And that means it's time for the morning after sports show. I am your host, Tubby. And I'll be joined here shortly by a couple of special guests uh, making their way on into the studio this morning. Uh, Got a lot of Edinburgh sports to go over. And we got some national stuff to go over as well. Um, national Signing Day happened uh, yesterday. was National Signing Day. Um, there's a national story about this that I want to get into a little bit later. But right now, hitting right here close to home, Edinburgh announces its signing day um, signees or its new recruits uh, right here on GoFightingScots.com. Coach Bradford announces nine new Fighting Scots for the first recruiting class. First off the bat is Jared Keller, quarterback, 6'2", 205 pounds, redshirt junior. From Shinston, West Virginia, Lincoln lenore Ryan uh, was a starting quarterback the last two seasons at lenore Ryan, where he played for his father, Mike Keller. In 2017, he appeared in 10 games, completing 127 of 231. For, a th- for 1,274 yards with 9 TDs and 11 interceptions. Um, so he's fairly good. Uh, coach Bradford's comments. Has been around football his entire life, trained by his father, Mike Keller, a very successful offensive coordinator and head football coach. Jared started 21 games in the ultra-competitive SAC. He was put in a unique position as Lenore Ryan transitioned from a triple-option run-run-run offense to a spread offense, Jared can make all the quick game throws, has mobility, and has great understanding mentality of the game, has good size, comes from a good system, very similar to ours. We look for great competition at the QB position this spring. Another new signee, Miles Turner. Defensive line, six foot, 270 pounds. Junior, Harrisburg, PA, from the big, bad beast, Bishop McDevitt, Lackawanna, community college uh played the last two years at lackawanna 2017 appeared in eight games finished with 18 tackles and three and a half sacks helped the falcons to a 7-2 and record a year ago and 10-1 and in 2016. highly touted standout from bishop mcdevitt was selected for the big 33 football game following senior year in 2014 was nominated for mr pa football bradford's comments great quickness and a change of direction for a player, his size also possesses great strength. Brings a little more size to our front as well, as we expect Miles to be, to bring great competition to our interior defensive line. Miles played with and against great competition at Bishop McDovid High School and Lackawanna College, recruited by FCS and FBS schools out of high school. Again, going back to the D-line, Joseph Wilkins Jones, defensive lineman. 6'2-267 junior out of Washington DC Perry Street Prep and Lackawanna College. Uh, a teammate of fellow transfer uh, Miles Turner um, again helped him with the same way seven and two record a year ago and ten-and-one in twenty sixteen. Bradford's comments, a teammate of mid-year enrollee Miles Turner at Lackawanna. Joseph is very athletic, quick off the ball, has a great lateral movement. Played primary as a 3-4 defensive end for Lackawanna. He can play inside or outside in a 4-3 scheme. Very good pass rusher with great hands and strength. Watching Tape of Miles and Joseph playing side-by-side at side Lackawanna. Has our staff very excited about the depth and talent at the defensive line position. Levi Becker, quarterback, 6'2", 185. Redshirt freshman from Erie, PA, McDowell High School, Old Dominion. Registered last year at Old Dominion, the former standout at McDowell High School where he set career records in passing yards, 4,796 TD passing 43, along with season records for passing yards and passing TDs, led the Trojans to a 9-2 record as a senior, losing to State College in the PIAA Sub-Regional, completed 132 of 256 passes for 1,846 yards with 15 TDs and just four interceptions. Added 258 yards and nine TDs rushing. The passing yards ranked second in his season to his 2,537 yards passing as a junior in 2015. Uh, Coach's comments. Local product we recruited last year. Happy to have him in our program. Excellent student. Levi has good size and mobility as well. Levi played great competition in high school. Once again, Levi comes from a system very similar to ours in scheme and vocabulary. He can make all the quick game throws and has a great understanding of the game. Jared Keller and Levi have a lot of similar characteristics that will make for some great competition with Andrew Tomko and Keyshawn Howard. Zach Slay, defensive line, six foot 265, redshirt freshman from Elma, New York, Iroquois, University at Buffalo. Redshirted last year at the University of Buffalo as a preferred walk-on. Was a standout in line. At Iroquois High School, a senior in 2016, finished with 26 tackles, six tackles for loss, and three sacks. Earned second-team All-Football Weekly honors as an offensive lineman in 2015. Was first-team Class A South, coaches all-league selection. Bradford's comments. Zach is a young man recruited last year as well. While not being as big as Miles or Zach, has great quickness and also very strong. Zach gets off the ball quickly, changes direction, and plays with great effort. He's a typical blue-collar, high-motor effort player. We look for him to add quality depth to our interior defensive line. Khalil Jackson, wide receiver, 6'2", 175 pounds, freshman from Upper St. Clair, PA, Upper St. Clair High School. Played in just one game in 2017, suffering an injury-ending injury. Had three tackles and a pass broken up. Returned a kickoff for 17 yards against Steubenville. Upper Saint Clair would finish 8-4 after going 6-4 in 2016. Played seven games as a junior, finishing with nine receptions for 124 yards, along with three kickoff returns for 24 yards. Bradford's comments. Khalil is great size at six-two. We need an outside receiver with that length, and he has very good speed and is smooth for a taller receiver. He runs great routes and catches the ball well with his hands. Once again, we needed an outside receiver as we graduate James Clark, and Blake Reddick next year, a very good student. Next up, John Long, wide receiver, six foot, 185 pounds, freshman from Sidman, PA, Forest Hills. Enjoyed an outstanding career at Forest Hills High School. As a senior, finished with 64 receptions for 1,400. I'm sorry, 1,146 yards, a 17.9 yard average with 10 TDs. Added 651 yards rushing with five TDs. On offense and then on defense, he played defensive back. Had 48 solo tackles, 25 assists, 73 tackles, adding 5 interceptions for 86 yards and 10 passes broken up. Very great, a- uh, Bradford's comments. Very great athlete. Excels at track and field as well as football. Has great speed and athletic ability. Recruited John is wide receiver, but is someone who has the ability to play DB as well. He's physical as he is fast. John has the ability to return punts and kickoffs. We look for John to compete for playing time in 2018. Great student. And he's looking to be a nurse coming forward, which is a very demanding field here at Edinburgh. Our Edinburgh nursing program is one of the tops, uh, not only in PA but in the nation. Next up, Branson Smith, cornerback, 5'10", 145 pounds, freshman from McKeesport, PA, McKeesport High School. Earned honorable mention All-League honors as a cornerback as a senior, helping McKeesport finish with an 8-3 record. total 17 tackles with two interceptions, three passes broken up, and a pair of fumble recoveries. Caught three passes for 94 yards and a TD. Returned three kickoffs for 55 yards and six punts for 35 yards. Caught two passes for 62 yards and a touchdown in 2016. Bradford's comments. Branson has a great feet and great hips. Really transitions well in and out of breaks as a cornerback. Really good speed and physical corner who can tackle well. Also an aggressive risk taker who will compete for the football. Excellent student. Tanner Wells, offensive line, 6'5", 255. Freshman from Brentwood, PA, Brentwood High School. Three-year starter and letter winner for the Spartans. Earned first team all WPIAL Class 2A Three Rivers honors as an offensive lineman as a senior. Nominated for Mr. P.A., football class 1A to 3A, Brentwood finished with a 5-5 record in the 2017 season after going 8-3 in 2016. Started 23 games, also plays basketball, where he's a three-year starter and letter winner. Has started over 50 games, member of the National Honor Society, member of the steering committee. Bradford's comments, Tanner is a great athlete at 6'5", 255, tall, lean, and long. We're really looking for an OT prospect as we graduate Alex Moloch and Trey Staunch after this year. We believe Tanner has great feet and can bounce well and be very good at OT in this league. A very good student. Well, going forward, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, if Tanner Wells sees any type of playing time before Trey graduates going this year, because I know I'm going to call the games next year, I'm, I'm going to nickname him Baby Trey. It's going to happen. So, speaking of Trey, I'm joined now, currently, by the man himself, Trey Staunch. Trey, how are you going doing today?
1: I'm good. Nice to be here.
0: It's excellent to have you on the radio. We're going to jump right now to a quick break because that was a long opening session. I read through all the new recruits signing to Edinburgh Football. We're going to take this quick music break here on 88.9 WFSC Fighting Scots Radio. After the break, it'll be me and Trey Staunch, and we're going to break down all the basketball action that happened last night. And also get your thoughts on these new recruits here at Burroughs. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Morning After. And we're back right here on 88.9 WFSC, Fighting Scots Radio. This is The Morning After Sports Show. I'm your host, Tubby, and that was The Pinball Wizard by Who. I love that one. I love that song. It's, It's like everything is like a... Big production with them. Anyhow, I like it. Speaking of big productions, I got the big man Trey Staunch with me <laughs> in studio today. And uh, we're gonna go over this uh there's a little basketball played last night. A little bit. A little bit. We'll start um, we'll start with the ladies. A little bit easier to go over as they cruise to their win, 75 to 61 over Seton Hill. Um, they pretty much led this one the whole way and just left no doubt. We'll run down the stars here real quick. Michaela Barnes, twenty-eight points, played thirty-eight minutes, had eleven field goals made out of nineteen attempts for a percentage of fifty-seven percent. Sierra Roston, twenty-five points, played thirty-six minutes, had ten field goal made ten field goals made out of eighteen attempts for a fifty-five percentage. Jontae Walton had 12 points, played 31 minutes, had five field goals made out of eight attempts for a shooting percentage of 62. Michelle Yon had six points, played for 40 minutes, had three field goals made and out of 13 attempts for a 23 percentage. The ladies just continue on this tear, Trey. I mean, you... You get to see a little bit of their games before you go into your warm-up. Uh, what takeaways can you take away from this team?
1: Uh, I think they're just a very dangerous team, you know. Three guards that can shoot, four guards that can shoot, actually. And then you have Sierra, big Sierra inside, who could just dominate the post whenever she wants. You know, not many girls in this league can actually stop her. And, you know, I think with that, with her inside, and you have four perimeter shooters around you, that's a very dangerous team.
0: Right, especially because they go to shut down the inside – Edinburgh's going to kill you on the outside. Mm -hmm. You go to shut down the outside, and Edinburgh's going to kill you on the inside. You really have nowhere to go.
1: Oh, absolutely. And plus, when you have uh, Sierra inside, then you have John Tate running the point. And I think when you have Mick out there also, those three together really click well together. And then once they dump it inside, double-team Sierra, you have Michelle Yawn outside, who's been clutch all season long. Also, talk to me a little bit
0: about this defense. I've been calling it the Anaconda defense. It just seems like as the game wears on, as people get tired and that lactic acid builds up in their legs, this defense of Edinburgh just gets stronger mm-hmm. and stronger and just squeezes the life out of any team they see.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think that's like one of the biggest things that Coach Swank and Coach Callie definitely preach on is their defense, and I think that's why that makes them so great is, you know, they're that defense that's up in your shorts that nobody actually likes, nobody really likes at all. And I think if somebody's up in your shorts like that, it's very hard to score and it's very hard to run your offense, and they're doing a very good job of doing that. I I tell you what.
0: I love this show because every day something new happens and it breeds a hashtag, hashtag up in your shorts. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. Because, I mean, you look at the score. First quarter, Edinburgh came out 24-14. They win that quarter. Then Seton Hill comes out second quarter. They win that one 16-13. But still, Edinburgh's staying within pace. And then look at the third quarter. Again, Edinburgh comes out on top 20-16. And then in the fourth and final quarter, They win that one 18-15 for your final score of 75-61. Next, the ladies look on to take uptown rival Gannon, cake eaters, (laughs) look to take them on right here at Macomb Fieldhouse, 1 p.m. Now, it's also a special day because it's make-a-wish day. So, make sure you get on out. It's Saturday. It's a late enough start. I mean, cripe, you can wake up at noon, at the crack of noon, like (laughs) my mother used to say, and get ready on head on over to Macomb and get yourself – one of them big old cookies because they're good. They're Tubby approved. <laughs> Tell them Tubby sent you. All right, now let's look at the game that you participated in. As This is a special game for you guys because if you win this one, you clinch your spot. Mm-hmm. You, get to, you get to pick your shot here. You're going into the playoffs. You guys as a team were picked, what, to finish eighth?
1: Yes, yep. I think
0: eight out of the PSAC, yeah, out of the nine teams. So, like, yeah. nobody – Except for us, because I knew it was coming, because I'm tubby. <laughs> but, so, nobody, as far as the, the news pundits, if you will, saw this one coming. Edinburgh defeats Seton Hill, 78-70. to 70. Standouts in this game, Keyshawn Legans with 29 points. Anthony Coleman with 15. Jamon Mason with 8. And our very own, sitting right here next to me, Trey Staunch with 13 points. <laughs> so, I mean, it, walk me through this game a little bit. How... I mean, you guys were up 37-30 at the half, and then you guys just kind of, I guess, kept pace with them as Seton Hill scored 40 in the second half, but you guys were able to keep pace and score 41.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. We started out hot in this game, you know. We jumped on them early, but, you know, I think Seton Hill's a very good team, and it's a very hard place to play, I would admit. It's a very small gym. There's They got bleachers all around. Like They had students underneath the hoops, you know. It's very, it's a very hostile environment, I would admit, and... uh I think going into halftime, we were up 37-30. You know, Coach Cleary just said, we just need to execute. And, you know, in the first half, we did that very well at the beginning of the game. But then towards the sec- or end of the half, we started, we started rushing shots. They started getting up in us. And we just uh, – I think we just panicked a little bit. But uh, in the end of the game, I think we come down to when it mattered most. And I think we had clutch baskets and clutch situations. And uh, at the end of the game, we had – I think we made six out of six foul shots at the end of the game. So – I think that really definitely helped us going into the uh, Saturday.
0: Because this team last year, you guys had a really bad seat. Well it wasn't bad; it was just very rough. You guys got beat up by the injury bug. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the point where I think you only had like six guys healthy at one point.
1: Yeah, that, I think it was six. Yeah.
0: So, talk to me now. This makes two sport your 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 Mister Edinburgh Athletics at this point. <laughs> okay, being a two a two sport athlete, yeah. not that it's unprecedented. Um, John Gervin did it last year um, but now you're a part of two turnaround teams mm-hmm. almost back to back because you were on the football team that turned it around right and now you come over to the basketball and now basketball everybody's healthy everybody's firing um, you're in the fight for if I read this you're you're in a two-way tie for third place yes in the West so
1: you know, what's it like being part of these turnaround teams? You know, it's amazing uh, just to see the team that you started out with not doing so hot at the beginning, but then, you know, people, everybody say, why are you there? Why are you staying there? Like, look what's going on. But you know what? That's that's why I came here. You know, I had I had positive feelings here at this place. And, you know, I think Lustick coming in really, really helped us out, turning us around. And then Coach Bradford taking over. He just kept the winning streak going. And then just moving over to basketball, I think that's the nature here, you know, the greatest thing is, though, you get to play this game. If Even though if you lose one, the next day you get to play it again. You know what I mean? You're going to have another game right after that. And, you know, I think the nature here is just, you just got to keep grinding. And, you know, our new thing for football is do the work. And I think that's what we're doing in both sports right now. Basketball is doing the work.
0: Right, because it doesn't come – nobody's going to hand you anything.
1: Oh, it, this is definitely – the Peace Act is definitely – a rough conference to play in both and football and basketball. Both teams or both conferences and both sports are just very good on each both sides. I mean, if you look at look at the football side in the regional playoffs, we sent two mm-hmm. two teams
0: out of the PSAC West. Yep. Last year we almost sent three. <laughs> you know, so it's it's very the PSAC in itself is a very competitive conference mm-hmm. uh, going forward. Now let's look back. Um, I, I earlier in the show in the opening, I read off. Um, the recruits and signing day. Um, what was your signing day like?
1: You know, it was uh, – my signing day was very relieving, I'll admit. Uh, three years ago, it was my senior year. It was very stressful at the beginning. The process is a very stressful process. And I guarantee you any of those guys that signed today could definitely tell you that. Uh, just coaches calling you after every game, every practice, trying to get you to come up for a visit. You know, they want you to come here. They want you to come there. And then in the aspect of that, you got to think about, you got to study for school that you're still at in senior year. You have to keep your mind on what you're doing at school. But you know, once you sign that dotted line, I think a lot of pressure comes off your chest then. And uh, when I did that three years ago, I think I made one of the best decisions of my life.
0: So how do you think going forward as, uh, you know, you're in, I know your, your focus right now is is basketball and you're getting into this late game push, but Immediately after that, I mean, you're going to fall right into spring ball and start mm-hmm. playing football again. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to that, how is that, like, are you excited? Are you pumped? What's going forward?
1: Oh, I'm I'm uh, extremely pumped. You know, playing two sports is a great thing for me, and I, you know, I'm just glad my coaches gave me the opportunity to do it, and I understood that the, the consequences that were going to come to it, you know, like, I'm going to be tired, you know, my body's going to take a hit, but, you know, you only not many college kids get to do this, and, you know, Going into football right after, it's just I'm excited because I get to do another thing that I love doing, and I think the recruiting class that we're bringing in is bringing hope to this program. And I think uh, I think our both of our programs right now for football and basketball are very bright.
0: Right, I I, I completely agree, and I like where I like the amount and the diversity mm-hmm. that um, that Coach Bradford and, and the entire coaching staff of the uh, Fighting Scots have done here. They have it, it's not. I don't want to call it a rebuild because it's simply not. There's still a lot of good core players here already. I think Edinburgh simply reloaded. Yeah, I agree. I mean, because you're looking at um, you're looking at offense, an offensive lineman who I mentioned I'm probably going to end up calling Baby Trey. <laughs> but Tanner Wells, I mean, again, another, like, if Edinburgh had a prototype for offensive lineman, this guy fits that prototype. He comes in at 6'5", 255. Um, You look at the the two defensive linemen comes in. I mean, the um, I don't want to mess up the kid's name. And I think it was Wilkins. Yeah, Wilkins comes in at 6'2", 267. Um, To me, kind of when I read off his stats, kind of seems like a bigger, faster version of, uh, shoot, I had the kid's name. Uh, My buddy, my fellow buddy. His brother Vince plays on the team. Victor. Victor, Victor Hudson, Hudson. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sounds like a uh, you know like a, Vic like a bigger version of Vic. So, I mean, I'm excited. Plus, these two quarterbacks, they they sound really good. Like they're you know used to the system and stuff. Mm-hmm. And with Jake leaving and uh, you know Tomko appears to be the heir apparent. Mm-hmm. Of course, nothing is settled because we haven't seen anybody in camp yet. So I don't want to put that out there. Right. But you know, I mean, a lot of things are moving here, and I, I I'm pretty. Pretty downright excited about it as Maddie tries to get set up on her microphone.
2: Hello, I'm here. Just 20 minutes late. Yeah, just 20 it's minutes okay. late.
0: Yeah, it's okay. Nobody. have got
2: breakfast for everybody though, so that makes it better.
0: Okay. Um, so anyway, yeah, so that will about, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm really excited, especially with this post-season, this postseason push that both the men's and women's basketball team is currently on. Um, that's exciting. So as a student body, look. You heard Trey talk about the hostile environment environment that they played in in Seton Hill. Macomb Fieldhouse has a chance to double that capacity of Seton Hill's gym. There's no reason, especially on Make-A-Wish Day. I mean, you're going to see some really cool stuff, like a lot of cool things happen on Make-A-Wish Day. But you're now looking at two playoff teams right here in Edinburgh. This is part of the college experience, folks. Grab your friends, get out of the dorm, walk across the street to Macomb. It's free, F-R-E-E, as in no cost to you to get in with your student ID. There's no reason why you shouldn't be there. None. Pack the house. It's that simple, folks. We'll take a break right here on the morning after. Coming right back, we'll talk about some national news and some national signing day stuff going on. You don't want to miss anything. Right here on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. And we're back right here on the morning after. I am your host, Tubby. Alongside me today is the man to myth the legend, Trey Staunch. And also down on the corner, our girl Maddie G.
2: Hello. <laughs> Why is this broken? This yeah. is okay. All right, yeah, I'm you're gonna just
0: gonna have to deal with it. It's fun. not gonna it's not gonna sink in. That's
2: what I get for coming in late.
0: Right. So <laughs> we were talking about yesterday was National Signing Day. This caught all kinds of news. Because ESPN was there as a young gentleman, signs his contract, um, announces his entire family surrounding him, mother sitting right on his right hand, wearing an Alabama hoodie and a Tennessee Volunteers knit cap. Behind him stands his uncle wearing like a Tennessee Volunteer, uh, I want to say windbreaker, and I believe he had an Alabama knit hat on. And so everybody had Alabama or Tennessee gear on that surrounded him, and the young man chooses the University of Florida, them Gators. Mom, upset, visibly upset, just stood up, gave him some side eye, threw him like a whole bucket load worth of shade, and walked off. I was like, as a parent, I was like, look, all right. everybody that knows me knows I'm a huge Ohio State fan. I've been so my entire life. But if my son Pudge or my son Beans ends up getting a contract and signs to the university of up there, I'm going to wear those ugly, nasty colors until the day they graduate. Then I'm going to have a burning party. But oh, wait, I'm yeah. going to support them. <laughs> Just like if they were to sign to that contract to that school down south that I don't like either. <laughs> With those nasty, slimy, green colors. I would. I would. I would. I would. Unfortunately, have to take a shower, but I would wear those colors if my kids were on those things.
1: What if they signed to Penn State?
0: Yeah, well Penn State I tolerate. I mean <laughs> Penn State's not so bad. Meh. Alright, just check. I mean I mean I don't hate I don't it's it's not a heat. It's not a heat. You know what I mean? Like the University of Michigan Ohio State rivalry is huge. Right? hmm And back in my day coming up in the nineties and stuff like that, Edinburgh Slippery Rock was huge. It's still huge, because I hear Coach Bradford harping about it, yep. and, and I'm right there, too, like, stoking the fire, like, get him, <laughs> get him, get him, coach. So, I mean, I that's me. I I love rivalry in sports, and as much as I hate and detest those teams, I realize that those universities are still good. You can become a productive member of society with a degree from those institutions.
2: Toby, I have a question. False. False. Um, if one of your kids made it to like the NFL draft uh-huh. and got drafted by like the Steelers, oh my God, you're killing me! <laughs> what would happen? I, <sighs> you'd be like in contact with co- coaches from the Browns. You'd be like, all right, listen, we need to like work something out. Like. I'd be doing
0: something. <laughs> I would be doing so. I mean, I don't. I mean, look, I love my boys, but they need to put in a whole lot of more work ethic to make the NFL than they do right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty content. I'm pretty secure that they can make their high school rosters. But after that, look, they're going to have to put in work. But if by some stroke of miracle that, like, I don't know, they come up with something like Pudge becomes an outstanding long snapper, (laughs) right, or something,
1: then, yeah, Okay, that's not a bad thing. Long snappers make good money in the NFL.
0: That's what I'm saying. And you're only out there two or three plays. You get to go hang out. You know, you don't have to worry about concussions that much. You get your own little practice field during practice while all the other big uglies are slamming each other.
1: You don't want to blow the snap, though, in a very crucial situation either.
0: I mean, you got one shot. You have (laughs) one job. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think if he did go to the Steelers, of course I'd have to buy his jersey. (laughs) And I would wear it. However, comma, when they play the Browns, I will be in the stadium wearing my dog mask and barking like a damn fool. <laughs> I can guarantee you. But, yeah, I mean, I would still root for him. Because, I mean, shoot, I mean, if he makes it to the NFL, that means daddy gets the good retirement home and not the crappy one. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like, how can you do that as a parent? Um, All right, let's wheel out. Have you been watching NBA at all, you guys? A
2: little bit.
0: Yep. Okay, so my Cleveland Cavaliers.
1: Big win last night. The yeah. King come win. up clutch.
0: Yeah, it was it was tied, 38 all. No time left on the clock. LeBron from top of the free throw line. Dunk. But I'm sorry.
2: I almost went to that game, too. But I know, I seen. And I didn't.
0: I know, I hate you
1: both. I went
2: to bed at like 8.30 <laughs> instead.
1: Here's the thing, I don't think this one game can cure this team. I uh, I agree with that, but you know, I think Cleveland definitely needed that after the stretch they've had. And you know, uh you know, even LeBron's saying I don't think they should have us televised in the last in their last eight games or for the rest of the season, but for him to hit that shot it definitely brought some life back to Cleveland, I would admit.
0: Oh my lord. I just I mean, yeah, it was great for the fans that yay. Yay, we won a meaningless February game. Yay. <laughs> yay. IT still can't do nothing. We still have horrible contracts. We still have Tristan Thompson, who's lost in Kardashian sleeves somewhere. I haven't seen hiding her hair of him. My boy Iman Shumpert has been nowhere, and Jr. Swish. Where's he been? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no pipe. It's like the plum- It's like the plumbers union just quit. No pipe. Nowhere. Nowhere to be found.
1: I think. Uh...
0: And now Kevin Love's hurt too.
1: I think all star break all star break is definitely something the Cleveland Cavaliers need right now.
0: Oh it's disgusting! Just just horrible. I just I don't care. And now they're talking about like, oh LeBron's gonna leave. And LeBron won't waive his no trade contract clause. Yeah. Shut up. It's February. Nobody cares about February. It's February. Wait till March. I mean all you look, the NBA. Let me break down the NBA for you. It's a rush to 50 wins because all you have to do is get in the playoffs.
1: Yep, I and agree. Then,
0: and then after that, you know, anything can happen. Right. I mean, except Toronto winning and and Boston winning the East. But <laughs> outside of that, anything can happen. <laughs> Just saying. All right. That's enough of that silliness. Also on the clock is my beloved Cleveland Browns. And uh, this is funny. They said, Browns won't get to the Super Bowl in 2018. <laughs> huh? You think? What was <laughs> um, your first clue?
2: When did this come out? <laughs>
0: Today. This was out, um, it, yeah, 7 a.m. this morning. Um, ESPN staff writer Pat McManon. M-A-N-A-M-O-N. So here's a look at the Super Bowl prospects for the Cleveland Browns, who finished the season 0 and 16. The tears consist... Consists of realistic Super Bowl expectations, should contend, but there are some question marks. Middle of the pack, lots of work to do, and nowhere close. Westgate odds of winning the Super Bowl 100 to 1. Browns are listed as nowhere close. Uh, the case can be made that with five draft picks in the first two rounds and estimated $110 million in salary cap room, the Browns could finally wrangle their way out of the bottom tier except the judgment for this season, and no matter how well the Browns draft in April, won't result in a Super Bowl. New general manager John Dorsey does have a golden opportunity to form a team, though thanks to the largeness of Sashi Brown. That's a bold-faced lie. The Browns need to shore up quarterback room with Deshaun Kaiser. Duh. They need a receiver. Yep. Perhaps two. Try four. They need a cornerback or six. They need overall talent throughout the roster, but the picks and cap room are there to be used. Huh. And veteran left tackle Joe Thomas opines that with a veteran quarterback, the Browns could compete for a playoff spot in 2018, although it's highly likely Tubby's opinion that Joe Thomas does not return to the field. That's overly rosy, but if Dorsey takes advantage, something the Browns admittedly have had trouble doing in the past, he could set the Browns up for improvement and then real success in 2019? Shut up. If Dorsey gets it right here, there could be a quick turnaround, and the Browns will have a Brown to thank.
1: I think uh, the Browns need to be focused on winning one game in this that's next season saying. before they start talking about Super Bowls. As I'm long so
2: as they win one, like that's just yeah, that's just one. their goal this. Season. Yeah, because <laughs> right
1: now we're like one in thirty-one.
2: You can only go name? up. Hugh from here,
1: Jackson's right? like what one in thirty-two in his career right yeah. now with the Browns. Yeah. Stellar, stellar record there.
0: Yep, well done, well (laughs) done. I mean, we did, we did have a perfect preseason. We went four and zero in the preseason.
1: Oh, absolutely. So as long as we don't know how to win,
0: (laughs) just we don't know how to win when it counts. Apparently. But look, here's the thing, right? With Joe Thomas, I love Joe Thomas to death. However, if you look at Joe Thomas now, he's been making the circuits and the rounds and all that stuff. Joe Thomas is down. I want to say about 120 pounds. Like, dude is nowhere near his playing weight. Like, you, you look at him now, and you look at him pictures on the field.
1: Homeboy is slim. As an offensive lineman, that's probably not a very good thing at all, especially in the pros.
0: No, that's not a good thing. And you know what? He has 10,636 600, consecutive snaps, I want to say. Somewhere, anyway. Over 10,000 consecutive snaps. And then he tore his bicep, and then so he was out. He finally missed his first snap. Um, he's been doing really well with his tomahawk podcast that him and uh the hawk do and you know what i honestly think he needs to just keep the momentum going and go right into the media and just keep being because he's funny
1: i'll admit yeah he's uh he can definitely speak well he does he definitely speaks very well and i think maybe after football that's well as you see everybody that comes out of football definitely goes right into the media so he might be the next one
0: yeah a lot of them and you know what and and it'd be good for cleveland it'd be good for cleveland to have that mature voice. So, I look forward to that coming out. Um, look, there's a lot wrong. I, I do like I do like what they're thinking now. They're thinking that the Browns are going to take a – not – they don't know uh, – it's not going to be arguing whether or not the Browns will take a quarterback with the first pick. It's which one. True. And I'm leaning toward the quarterback out of Wyoming, which – I believe, is not Darnold. Darnold's the other guy out of USC. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, so McShay wants – McShay is saying – Todd McShay is saying that USC quarterback Sam Darnold is going first, um, while others are looking at Josh Allen. That's who. Josh Allen out of – Um, Wyoming, whereas Josh Rosen, the other top quarterback out of UCLA, has already reported that he doesn't want to have anything to do with Cleveland. And then uh, Baker Mayfield also is another choice. For me, Baker Mayfield is a lot of Johnny 2.0, Johnny Manziel 2.0.
1: Hey, comeback season for Johnny Manziel. Don't doubt on him.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He'll be playing in the XFL (laughs) or uh, the Canadian League. And um, I'm sorry, but a very own alumnus, Trevor Harris, has like the CFL on lockdown, so I don't think Manzel. You
1: know, I agree. I agree. I don't. I don't.
0: Um. Do 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 do. Yeah. So I think I don't know, man. I mean, I do like them taking um, Saquon Barkley out of Penn State with their number four because they have the the fourth pick too. So they have one and four.
1: I think Saquon Barkley can bring, as you can see, what he can do in college, but uh. I definitely think he can bring a lot to the Browns' running game, which they so helpfully need. And uh, you really, you think they'll take a quarterback? Do you think they'll take a quarterback with their first pick? What if they don't? Is this just another Cleveland pick? Not taking one.
0: No. Here's the thing: it depends on if they can get if they can get Cousins in free agency. I don't think they go quarterback number one. Um, in which case they'll take uh, Barkley number one overall, and then they'll go with that top defensive end at number four, mm. um, which they desperately they need. They need more people off the front. I think, uh, yeah. So if they can land Cousins as a good gap, bring Kaiser along, and they'll draft another quarterback. I want to say early second round, which there'll still be some decent ones left. I don't know. I mean, I've been personally um, opining, I guess, or begging. For them to get Jake Sisson because Jake Sisson's trying to enter the draft, <laughs> and uh, okay, realistically, I-, I know that they don't look at Division Two quarterbacks. Okay, but with the playbook that Hugh Jackson has, right? There's not a lot of deep bomb throws. There's not a lot of pocket passing. It's more of like an option esque, which is what Jake has been used to running here the last two years. So I honestly believe me or not, I'm drinking a Kool Aid. <laughs> I believe, and this is not me being a homer. I'm saying that Jake Sisson would be a good fit in Hugh Jackson's offense and could help turn the Browns around. And I'm not saying that to suck up. I'm honest to God. Look at the film.
1: I think uh, you might have to make, call Hugh Jackson up real quick and just saying, bring him down to Edinburgh. Bring him down to the snow and let him see Jake Sisson real quick.
0: That's what I'm saying. Let him throw. <laughs> Get him out there let him throw. Let the man throw. All right, we'll go ahead and take a break because it's nine thirty nine here on the morning after. And uh, we got to cut some people loose so they can head off to class. Speaking of class, if you got a 10 a.m. one, you better move. Get your big people pants on because it's time to get moving. All right, we'll talk to you soon right here on the morning after. And we're back right here on the morning after sports show. I'm your host, Tubby. Alongside me
2: is my main girl, Maddie G. Hello, hello.
0: And we're going to get into some hockey talk, believe it or not, because I still have just under a week until pitchers and catches report to where we can start talking baseball.
2: Yeah, So he's letting me have my moment.
0: Yeah, I'm letting (laughs) you have your moment as we get into some hockey talk. And you know what? I wanted to bring this up because I thought this was really cool. I have a lot of friends who are fans of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Okay. And recently, um, Flurry returned. He's now part of the Golden Knights of Las Vegas. So he returned to play his first game against his old team.
2: That's always hard to do too. I mean just because you played with that team for could have been years, could have been a year. But that's always hard to do is return back to that home base kind of and play against your team.
0: Yeah so they had this beautiful uh it was like a video tribute to all of his time there because he went to Las Vegas not of his own choice but because of, um, uh, the expansion draft. Like they had, to, like the Penguins had to put up somebody and Flurry was that guy that they put up. So, um, but yeah, it was pretty awesome and I I really liked it. Um, I liked the emotion, especially from him and his family. Like they showed his family and I thought it was really cute. I don't know if it was his son or one of his daughters. I, it was just real quick. They showed it in the video. And they had a number 29 jersey, right? And then on the back of it, it said Daddy. Oh, Like, that was so cute. Like, I thought that was awesome. I don't know. As a parent, I I don't know. Stuff like that hits <laughs> with me. All right, so now hit me with some real teach me the hockeys.
2: Tubby, I'm going to cover the screen.
0: Okay. I won't look.
2: If, uh, by guess, okay, who would you say is top in the Atlantic Division? Okay, who's in it? Uh... Panthers, Maple Leafs, Bruins, maple Lightning, uh, Canadian, Senators, Sabres, and Red Wings.
0: Oof. I'm going to go with the Maple Leafs.
2: No, it is Lightning. Maple Leafs are third. Eek. Okay. Yeah. If this is going in. I think this... Oh, wait. No. I don't know. Are these going in order? I
0: don't know. One would I hope.
2: I, I hope so. Well, that's the top of this list that I'm reading. So, if it's wrong.
0: Yeah, I have. uh,
2: (laughs) I'm not really paying attention. I'm just reading the names.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, you're right. Because I have Tampa Bay leading the, uh, the, according to ESPN. Oh, well then. Their standings.
2: I'm in the wrong.
0: Tampa Bay, Boston, Toronto. This is the Atlantic.
2: My game didn't work out very well, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, so right now, leading the Eastern Con- or Eastern Conference Atlantic Division, it goes Tampa Bay, Boston, Toronto, Florida, Detroit, Montreal, Ottawa, and then Buffalo. Apparently, the Sabres is no bueno. They're not doing so good.
2: They play tonight, though. The New York Islanders at 7 o'clock. That New York, New York.
0: Rivalry thing?
2: It's. Not, I don't think it's... Like I don't consider. I'm from New York and I don't consider it a rivalry. No, are but we've ir- got three teams, so like
0: right because the Islanders are what the, are they New York City proper?
2: Uh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. But I'm like, not I'm so sorry.
0: Oh my god, because they have the Islanders and the Rangers, right? And yeah. Then,
2: the Rangers is the Rangers are like.
0: Yeah, I know the Rangers are in, NYC proper because mm-hmm. they play at the Garden, right? Yeah. Okay. Sheesh. All right. Yeah. So then in the metro. What kind? Who named these guys? So uh, the in the other half, the other division uh, of the Eastern Conference is the Metropolitan, which has Washington at the top, followed by Pittsburgh, Jersey, then Philly, then the Columbus Blue Jackets. I know that team. Then the Islanders, then the Carolinas, and then the Rangers.
2: My team is not doing great.
0: At fifty-four and twenty-five.
2: Yeah. I mean, they're still at the bottom, though. I'm just, I'm upset. <laughs> Remember in September when I went to that preseason game? Uh-huh. And they won 4-3 to three in overtime. Yeah. And there was a fight, and it was my first NHL experience.
0: And you're all hyped, and you're like, this is our year, we're going to do it? Yeah. And now not so and much. And then
2: they lost 6-1 to one last night.
0: <laughs> and sent you to bed early.
2: No, I just went to bed early. I didn't even try. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I, got, I get the updates on my phone. Okay,
0: well that's a good way to follow it, I guess. Yeah. I don't. Know. I know that there's a lot of. I mean, because I see pens. <coughs> I see pens gear all over the place, yeah. and I'm, I'm horrible at winter sports because like it turns winter. And there's one sport for me, and that's wrestling, and that's yeah. all I do. <laughs> between my sons and what goes on here at Edinburgh, that's all I do is wrestle. So to pay attention to basketball or to even care. Oh.
2: See, I've got like. The Rangers are, like, I say my team, but they're kind of my team by default just because the names of myself and their stadium correlate. Okay. Um,
0: So that was like, was it like fandom that was passed on to you from from your parents? Yes, my father. Your father.
2: My mother is a Devils fan. So my siblings and I all became Penguins fans when we were growing up.
0: Well, that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Because
0: you don't want to pick your mom over your dad or your dad over yeah, your mom. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
2: But, like, now I'm like, oh. Well, that game that we went to in preseason was Rangers and Devils. So, like, that was pretty cool to watch.
0: That would be exciting to go. Like, I took, I took my sons, I took Pudge and Beans, to their first ever Steelers-Browns game this year. Now, I love Pudge with all my heart, but he's slowly becoming a Steelers fan.
2: I saw his Christmas gift. Oh.
0: <sighs> <laughs> I'm gonna write him out of the will, I swear <laughs> to God, but I'm hesitant just in case he does make the n f l like we talked about earlier, <laughs> so i mean it was that was pretty cool to let them see the they had grown up enough where they could see the rivalry up close, and plus there wasn't a whole lot of shenanigans going on at i mean for once at this probably because I was sober for this <laughs> game Bobby. i mean it it happens it happens um and then the western conference. They have Winnipeg leading, then Nashville, then St. Louis, Dallas, Minnesota, Colorado, Chicago. On the Pacific side, it's Vegas. Vegas is on a tear, though, I thought. Didn't they go, like, undefeated for, like, ever?
2: Yeah, they were doing really, 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 really well. Like, in preseason and the very beginning of the season, they were just, like, creaming everybody.
0: Like, their home record is 19-3 and with two ties.
2: Jeez. <laughs> Talk
0: about home ice advantage. A little home cooking. Uh, then you get San Jose, L.A., Calgary, Anaheim, Edmonton. Is Anaheim still the Ducks?
2: Yes, to my knowledge.
0: Yay! <laughs> I like the d- I like the movies. I like the Ducks.
2: Yeah. Ducks
0: fly together. <laughs> All right. Um, Edmonton, Vancouver, and then Arizona. So.
2: See, like, I only, I call myself a hockey fan, but I really only follow the Metropolitan unless there's nothing else to watch. Like, the Pens, Devils, Rangers, I follow them. And the fact that I have three teams, there's always one game on. Yeah. So, like, sometimes it gets really upsetting when they're all three playing at, like, the same time. And I'm like, who do I watch? But I figure it out. It's okay.
0: Well, that's when you pull up um, one stream on your laptop, one on your tablet, and then the other one on TV.
2: (laughs) It got to the point last, uh, during preseason, I was in the library almost every night, and I was, like, listening in one earbud on my laptop to the, sh- the radio announcing of one game, watching the play-by-play on my laptop of a, a different game, and then I had my phone on the stream of a different game and an earbud in that ear. So I was just like hearing nine people talk and watching play-by-play all while writing papers.
0: <laughs> See, this is why women <laughs> rule the world. Women can multitask, whereas if I tried to do that myself, no, I would be lost. And, like, my paper would consist of cuss words, probably because, like, of a bad play I didn't agree with or something. Like, I couldn't do it.
2: I mean, I'm not going to say they didn't, like, consist of, like, oh, that was a bad play, but, like, who knows?
0: (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) It could make for some entertaining reading. So, that about does it for us here on the morning after. It's 9.53. We're going to go ahead and duck on out of here. But stay with us, as we have some great shows coming up for you today. There'll be... uh, all the hype with Gabe Hypes. Throwing it back Thursday.
2: Mm, um, throwback Thursday is now finding emo on Mondays.
0: Then what's what's Jules' show?
2: 90s Jams. That's right. With DJ Dan Jules.
0: Oh, that's right. And then So all kinds of shows <laughs> right here on 88.9 WFSE. You don't want to miss any of that. We'll be back next Tuesday. We'll have the weekend wrap-up. We'll let you know how the men's and women's basketball team fared on Make-A-Wish Day. We'll let you know all the stuff that happened at Make-A-Wish Day.
2: But we won't need to because you'll already have been there. Right. 1-3 McComb House. Be there. Free for students. F-R-E-E.
0: Free. So, we'll recap that. We'll also recap wrestling as they take on Oklahoma State and Oklahoma Friday and Saturday. Um, in Friday night's matchup, they'll be in Stillwater oklahoma and then they'll be in norman oklahoma on saturday i believe the oklahoma state match you will be able to watch on flow wrestling as far as the oklahoma match i'm unsure because i don't know if flow covers them or not but um you can go to gofightingscots.com and check the schedule there Alrighty, so from all of us here to all of you out there have yourselves a good day burrow